News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity-hopping Easter's on its way. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas and happy Easter. And we've got, of course, as always, Rick and Jill Van Dyven Dyke. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning, Jay. And happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. To everybody who believes he has risen, he has risen indeed. Absolutely. Easter Bunny was at the garden center yesterday yeah. and hopping around the store, leaving eggs in the plants all around. So it was so fun to see the kids. The kids, I watched them. They were <laughs> running around <laughs> grabbing the Easter eggs. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, welcome to Garden Talk and happy Easter to you. We have got another two hour show for you, right? That's what we're doing this spring is we got two hour shows. So it is now time to join the conversation. If you're listening, you know, we expect there's going to be some people who are just taking it easy today, but this is a great opportunity because we always have solid packed shows and it's difficult to get everybody's questions answered in time, that sort of thing. So get on the lines right now. 1-877-332-8255. That's how you can text in or you can call in. We love the calls as well. Rick's brought some stuff in front of us, and uh, we're going to get to that shortly. But uh, why don't we start with this? Jill, what's new in the, in the Green Center, the Garden Center, and the Greenhouse today? Well, it was really exciting. We actually had some of our annuals show up um, this past week, and we'll be getting some more. So all the benches are now set up for the spring season, and we're ready to get going. So we'll start seeing basket stuffers, Bacopa, Calabacoa, Million Bells. Um, and our hanging baskets, are they're in bloom. They hanging start, our, baskets our, are starting to be in bloom. bloom. Yeah, now. that's it's awesome. That first bunch that were was, planted yep. back in February are starting to bloom, so they'll be nice and big in time for Mother's Day. So that's happening. We're doing another pinch on some of our hanging baskets, and pinching your baskets is really important to get them nice and bushy, bushy. and filled yep. out. Um, we're also having people starting to pick up their last bits of bulbs, too, and get their bulbs started. So um, lots of different varieties arriving weekly. So yes. if you're looking for dahlias or lilies or calla lilies, now is the time to plant those. One thing that was pretty cool yesterday, seeing people come in and picking up their little bass, their little cages. And I, I thought, okay, they're, they're grabbing those early. But anyways, we, we have a praying mantis. I think I told you that about a couple, couple weeks ago. But people are coming in and picking up. So these baskets of little praying mantis going off. People are grabbing them now and keeping the fridge to keep it let out in the yard later on to, to take care of their insects instead of spraying. They're, they're having their predators. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 That's dun. cool. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was, I was in fact just in the garden center yesterday and it was, felt very much like spring. All the baskets yeah. are there. Yeah, it's, everything's opening up. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. I know, yeah. right? I even saw that people were picking up their potatoes already. Now, is there certain varieties that are oh. running low on already? Well, no, well there was. Okay. Yeah, there is one, but I'm getting, I found more and we're bringing them in. The Carib potatoes. Carib. We've haven't, the Carib, we haven't had them for. Now, which years. ones are the Carib? The, the purple outside and white on the inside. Okay. People go nuts for those. We haven't had them for three years. It's and been a crop failures. Not just you, Dutch growers. Every, no, it's a crop failure. The, the entire anywhere. garden industry, right? Yes. That's what you're so talking about. Now that so we've had them in and we put them in, and, and our first order that we came in is gone. <laughs> like, we're going, okay, all the rest of the potatoes are still here, but those are gone. And so I found some more, and we've we'll got some more coming in. So if people are picking up their potatoes right now, they'll want to store them in kind of a dry, cool spot yes, for right now right. so they don't start sprouting until the garden season. Exactly. They've got a little bit of time before you're going to plant them out. But, yeah, no, people pick it up. They're starting their tomatoes still, and 
uh, they're picking up the supplies for that and soil and seeds and yeah, no, is uh, is everybody everybody had a smile on their face yesterday. Like everybody <laughs> just has a smile on their face. It's just it's it's such a fun industry to be in, you know, because everybody's happy. You know, they're not. Yeah, they're 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 picking up something they just want to love to do. So, and I love that the demographic is changing. When I was a kid, it was probably mostly fifty plus people who were in the garden center, mm-hmm. and we're seeing um, the oh. younger generation come in and garden from high school age students all the way up yeah. through university in their twenties, and we're seeing a lot of people yeah. in their twenties and thirties gardening right now. Absol- and it's absolutely it's so exciting. Yeah. Usually, it was just the homeowner, and uh, now we're starting to see a younger generation gardening, which yep. is really exciting. I suppose too, as a whole. The industry has has expanded and changed it, since that time. For example, mm-hmm. all the varieties of houseplants that we have now, and that's kind of become a bit of a hobby for a lot of young yep. people, yep. is different. There are so many more varieties and different types that we get in now that weren't really around when you know yep. 30 years ago, right? There's so many more varieties that come to Saskatoon now. Yeah, right? we've been really focusing on um, sourcing different varieties and um, developing different varieties that we can bring here for those collectors is definitely something we've been doing. Also with the trend of container gardening mm-hmm. has, has sort of brought oh, yeah. um, gardening sure. out of the small towns and out of the farmyards into an urban center. So that's look, kind look of Look how many herbs too. that are going out now too. Like everybody just buying herbs just so they have on their on their counter or on their on their window shelf so they can while they're cooking they just grab a little bit of herbs and use use them for cooking <laughs> because it's so you expensive know. to buy fresh herbs like at a grocery store it's really pricey well, you know yeah whole, like five dollars for a branch for a meal and where you can just trim that off one of your plants right <laughs> so we're seeing exactly. that we're, i think we're st- we will see that more and more the more food security people wanting to do things because they want to like you said, this would have cost to go to grocery store. So well, and I mean, if we compare just the growing season from this year to last year, for example, you know, you take a look at what how busy it was last year, and food prices have gone up even still more yep. since last yep. year. So I think we're going to see an even bigger push this this spring of people trying out this gardening thing at home. You know, yep. yeah, but, I'm really hoping so. I'm hoping that some people who are new gardeners who maybe decide to travel a little bit more, they realize that they can still continue to garden and do the traveling just by maybe putting in a watering system mm-hmm. or something like that, or making sure they mulch over their garden beds and that will retain the moisture. Because I think now that things have opened up a little bit, people will be yep. Um, going out and traveling a bit more sure. and maybe they'll be like oh no but I put this garden plot and maybe I'm not going to do it this year I want to encourage people that there is ways that and, you can and still do it. And there's self-watering pots too that yeah. have a reservoir in the bottom so right. if you're going to go away for a weekend or something like that then they're at least you can you, they'll take care of themselves you know. Right exactly yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. one 332 8255 that's where you join the conversation you can call us we love the calls we're going to start with some texts that have just come in uh, Rosanda from Estevan which I think Estevan has got a boatload of snow right oh now goodness. it's really a, a unfortunate wall, i mean no it's not that, that's uh, <laughs> for, for me i look at it that's a multi-million dollar moisture i mean for the drought they've had okay. down there so i mean yeah yeah there's some convenience of getting blowing out the snow but as long as it melts slowly that's going to be bonus for the farming community around there i know everybody thinks <laughs> you're, you're laughing at me <laughs> You're laughing. The urban center's not so happy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I guess, yes, for the producers out there, it's yes. a good thing. Yes. Rosanda and Esteban texted us and said, when do you start pinching back your petunias and how do you do it? So as soon as you start getting that sort of second set of leaf, I would pinch out the middle of my petunia plant and that will allow for branching. So we usually have one, two, three sets of leaves 
pinch them out. And with the petunias, your um, your nodes, which is the space between your leaves, are so close together. It doesn't really matter where you do it. Um, so you can just cut them back. So it grows up out of the, out of the soil. Yep. It, there's two little leaves that come out. Yep. And then wait for another set. Yep. And then one more set and then pinch the center So after out. three sets of leaves, yep. then you can start pinching yeah, the middle. Yeah, so they'll out. be about, I call it t- almost tag height. So if you buy your bedding plant and they have a little plant tag in mm-hmm. there, you want to always keep them about tag height. And then you let them grow a couple more inches and then pinch them back again. And that is what's going to um, make your plant bushier. Also, it's going to be long and lengthy. And what happens if they, like, if you put them in a basket or something like that, and they start hanging over the edge? Should you, be, how often should you pinch the edge before you let them go for the final one? Well, I would usually pinch them um, again. So I plant them now, and then I would maybe wait till maybe just before like Mother's Day, middle of May, give them another pinch then, and then wait maybe until July. And then throughout the season, you can give them another good cut. And then at that point in time, we call it cutting them back. And so I give them a good cut back at that point in time because, again, the the amount of soil that's in that pot is not enough to sustain the plant. So if we keep cutting them back, it's going to help them bush out and be a little bit healthier for you. What's going to... What's going to sustain them once we get further into the summer? Fertilizer, time, fertilizer, fertilizer. fertilizer. Yes. They're pretty mm. much growing hydroponically at that point in time because yep. there's not enough soil to, to hold up the amount yep. of, of root ball that's in there. So fertilizing up to twice a week with those petunia plants. And how about a slow release on top? Yeah, you can use a slow release fertilizer is perfect. Um, we have an evolved, um, organic slow release fertilizer that you can put on top it will give it every time you water but with things that are like the vegetative plants like petunias later on the season i would even supplement once a week with a with a fertilizer even 20 20 20 or 15 30 15 fertilizer i noticed that petunias especially you know those ones we have in pots generally they come out of the greens the garden center looking really good and then they sort of decline you know but i think it's just the lack of nutrients that we're talking about right and then as they get bigger and grow bigger and bigger it's like that movie you know feed me yes yes (laughs) (laughs) audrey the, the, the man-eating the plant. Man-eating plant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it just needs more. Exactly. Need more. All right, let's take a quick break. We've got uh, text coming in. We've got more to talk about here. Les and Corning, one of our regulars, says Happy Easter, and he wants to talk about a Christmas cactus. <laughs> it's Christmas at Easter. Uh, and we're going to talk about potatoes in a cold room. going to get back to potatoes in a second here as well. So stick around and join the conversation. one 332 8255 I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Easter and welcome back to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. And yes, it is Easter morning. We, uh, we were talking early, a little bit earlier on the text line, 1-877-332-8255 with Rosanda from Estevan about, uh, pinching back petunias. That's kind of where we left off before the last segment ended. And then, uh, she says, you're right, Rick. We need the moisture. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, of See, course. Uh, yeah, gardens and farms, they need the moisture, especially down south. So we should start a new, a new segment called Rick's Right. Yeah, I know. Oh, I like no, that one. Rick's, Rick's Positive. Rick's Right. Rick's Positive. Rick's Positive. <laughs> Anyways, join the conversation. Give us a call. Give us a text. one 332 8255 Hope you're enjoying your Easter long weekend and getting to do something you know. It's maybe spending it with your family a little bit or just relaxing, taking it easy, whatever it is to, means to you. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, this is another text that rolled in here from Les and Corning. It says, Happy Easter. This weekend, my sister... <laughs> 
Spilt a beer in the Christmas cactus. <laughs> Will this hurt the plant or what should I do? Oops. <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's going to hurt no, the plant no, at all. Um, you just want to maybe watch that it maybe doesn't get overwatered in this next little bit too. Um, Lots of nutrients there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you're not wrong. It's it's right. in sort of a way related to how we make our our tea for like from you put, a, you put your extra tea or a little bit of extra coffee you can do that do that too right so it's diluted enough a beer that it's not going to have enough alcohol content or anything to like do any that. damage to a plant right um, with the Easter, Easter cactuses or Christmas cactuses are a really popular thing right now. One of the biggest things with them is when they're blooming, they need a little bit more water than when they're not blooming. So there you go. He gave it a little bit more water. It's, it, it, it's called, it's called happy hour. That's right. Happy hour for the Christmas cactus. one 877 we got another one here from Irene, who's in Martinsville. Good morning. Great go. Great uh, talk show. The question she's got is, I've got potatoes in a cold room that have sprouted. Very, very long sprouts. How do I plant these? Do I break off the sprouts or put everything in the soil? Thanks, Irene. Yeah, you, 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 can, you can trim them off. Like how much off? You can right, just leave a little bit of a nub, basically. Half an inch kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, half an inch, an inch, whatever. Just because hey. gonna, you're going to handle them. They're so tender. That time you put them into the soil, they're gonna sna- you're going to find they're going to snap off anyway. So, <laughs> and then if you, if you actually leave that sprout sticking above the ground, it'll just turn black anyways because it's, it's used to being in a dark place. Cold place, And now yeah. you go into bright light, it'll, it'll just, it, the transitions is too much. You'd have to bring it out slowly and then transition, you know, grow it in a, in a container indoors. Right. Right. Your best just to, just to trim it off and then plant them that way. And so. you can cut the potato up into pieces so that each Absolutely. eye is a new plant. Too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You could right. cut the potato into pieces. That's yeah. right. That's so, a great way to yeah. go. So, Irene, there you go. You can just trim them back and away you go. one uh, 332 8255 Angela, who's in Redverse, says, My poplar buds were chewed off by a deer. Yep. What should I do with the branches or with no buds on them? Yeah, they'll they'll actually put a secondary bud out. They'll they? they'll, okay. they'll come out. Not, that's not a problem. I mean, poplars are tough. They'll they'll. <laughs> yeah, they are. The toughest thing around here, really. One and of if them. you want to, it's usually at the tips. Usually they do it anyways, and so or at, and the and at the base of the tree. So if you want to do a little bit of side trimming, you can do that right now as well. If you, you know, it'll help thicken the plant out if you want to get more bushy at the base. And so, but otherwise, you know, they're just nature's pruners. So the biggest the damage deer. that you'll you'll see is if they if they eat around the bark if, if around they, the outer edge, then the whole bran- that part of the branch will die. Then that whole part yeah, of the branch will die. But if they just but if they just nibbled off fine. the tips of the buds, that they'll come back. That's not mm-hmm. a problem. Okay, well that's pretty easy. Yeah. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's where you yeah, join the conversation. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you in person. Get you on the air as well as uh, you know if it's if it's. Too much for you. Just text us. That's great, too. Same number. Rick, you brought a whole bunch of stuff in here on the desk. And you know what? This is the first time in, like, weeks we've had a chance to even talk, talk about, about some stuff. of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, here's one thing here. It's called a waspinator. Now, what is a waspinator for? Because everybody later on in July always say, how do I, how do I got wasp coming in? We can't even have a barbecue outside anymore. Yeah. So the biggest thing you could do for that, I mean, then you just put catchers out and those kind of things, right? But you know, we—they're also pollinators, right? All those kind of things will help pollinate somewhat. You know, they're not not the most efficient pollinators, not like a leaf cutter bee or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of the garden—if you want leaf cutter bees, there's lots of garden centers now that are taking pre-orders right around the province oh, so, okay. for doing leaf cutter bees. So that's a good thing to have in your yard as well. But this waspinator, what you do, what it is basically is a fake wasp nest, but you have to put it out there early because what it does is it 
wasp are predator are are territorial. very territorial. Mm-hmm. So you got to put this up early in the season so that it, they think, okay, there's a nest there ready. I better go move somewhere else. Right. Okay. So that's why this is basically a fake wasp nest. But and you, all you, you do is put it in July. It won't work. Right, because right, they've already moved in. They've already they're they've made up shop. I'm I'm king of this area now. This 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 patty is mine. Right? So <laughs> so but if you put something up earlier, you have a chance of deterring them quicker. And all it does is it, it's a it's a little box and it just unfolds and sort of it, sets up like it, a paper lantern. It, it looks like a paper lantern. But so it's a gray color. It, and it's the shape of a wasp nest, really. Yeah. And right? then you hang it off of a little string off of your yeah. balcony or wherever. Yeah. Now another thing that everybody's asking me right now a lot, even we hear it on the show here quite a bit, is that you see all this doggy doo doo in a tree. Yeah. Okay, sure. called black knot in the choke cherry. So what you want to do is you want to trim that out now. You have to trim it out now because in the next next uh, three weeks here, they're gonna all that those black things is actually the flower. Let's say it's a flower. They're gonna start spreading their seeds. The little spores, mm. microscopic spores, are gonna spread it all around the yard. So you want to trim it out now before it does that. Put them in the garbage, not in your compost. Very important. Okay, get it out of the yard. And then what you can do because maybe your neighbor has them, or like if you're in Saskatoon, the river runs through the middle of the city, so there's lots of wild choke cherries. I can see black knot right from yeah right from here. So <laughs> looking at the river. And uh, yeah, there's some just over here. There's some black knot. I see it. Absolutely. And yeah. So, so what you can do then is you can spray it with a, a dormant oil spray kit. And it's lime in the kit is some lime sulfur and dormant oil. And then so you don't have you you can hook it up to a hose to a tap. Let's say on the outside that's not hooked up to a manifold. You know, it's just a single tap that you can turn on from the basement off and on and turn it off again right. because it's still too cold, right? But if it's above zero, then you can take a hose and sprayer and you can spray this onto your tree. And you do it now before the, it has to be done before the trees bud out. And that's with this kind of weather coming up. This week. Next, not this, well, this week a little bit more next week. Yep. Uh, the, 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 um, the choke cherries are one of the first things to bud out. And then you can't use this anymore. Mm. So you want to do it. That's why it's called dormant kits because when the plant is dormant. So then you can spray it on the tree and then that prevents those spores coming from other plants. To cling on to, to start growing on your plant. Right. So it's a preventative for your plant. And yes. then what you want to do is prune out the stuff that you've got. Because otherwise it'll spread through your trees and your neighbors. Right. Okay. And if, and if your tree has too much of it, like if it's completely covered it, all the way down the stem, you might be best to cut that tree yeah, down. Yeah. If it's right into the main trunk, mm-hmm. it, it's now through the, yeah. it's now gone. It's now gone to be in the blood system so of the tree, the sap system. So now it's time to change the tree out. Yeah, there was a cherry tree, a, you know, a, a version of one yep. in a, a in-laws place in White City, just outside yep. of Regina, when they bought this big property, kind of an acreage style. And it was a big, huge tree, but man, every single, single branch. branch. Yeah. The looks trunk, like, everything. It looks like Christmas tree with all the balls. The Christmas oh, balls yeah. covered the whole tree. Exactly. Right? So and so it, it had to go yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. But uh, then it's best to go and don't go to another cherry, choke cherry. Go to, uh, you know, if you want flowers like that, if that's what you want, just go to a uh, 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 spring snow flowering crab mm. and you'll get no fruit and tons of flowers. That's my favorite time of year is when the crab yeah. trees are blooming. Yeah. yeah. I've got those in my backyard. Oh, I can't wait for so this spring. We've got Angela and Redverse. We're going to get to your text. We're going to talk about pruning rose bushes. And Joanne is going to talk about uh, cotton Easter, Cotone Easter, cotton Easter. You know, you can, yep. you know. Call them both things. Call, call them both. Hotter. Exactly. Cotone Easter hedge. We're going to talk about there. As soon as we get back, Rhoda has got a text or a call, I should say, from Moose Jaw. So, Rhoda, hang on the line. We're going to talk about your hibiscus when we get back from this break. A news update for everybody right now. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick and Jill Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. 
Easter and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. Of course, we're here to take your calls and talk about texts and talk about gardening. And, oh, you know, I know there's maybe a hint of, we talked about there was a little, you know, some snow in the southern part of the province. Up here where we are in Saskatoon, it's just bone dry. I know in Regina, you know, there's maybe a foot, a foot and a half of snow on the ground there. Further south, Est Van Weyburn, there's lots of snow. And yes, maybe it's needed. But I know I think we're all feeling like we want spring to be sprung and, you know, us to green up and move on and keep going. And, you know, with uh, with at least where we are sitting in front of the, uh, looking at the South Saskatchewan River here, some blue skies on a nice Easter Sunday morning. So it feels pretty good. It does feel good. <laughs> yeah. I, I was feeling the sun coming through the window at home yesterday and, it just reminded me of spring, like just the heat that I could uh, I could feel on my skin. It was just like oh, spring and summer is mm-hmm. here. Feels good that way. Mm-hmm. So let's take uh, some calls and some texts. We're going to get to the text as soon as we can, but waiting patiently in Moose Jaw. And thank you for waiting is Rhoda. Hello, Rhoda. Good morning and happy Easter. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy Easter to you. Yes. Um, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong with this hibiscus, but uh, the leaves... On the bottom seem brown. I've checked it to see if there was anything on it. It doesn't seem like it. I only water it once a week. Now, Rhoda, a few questions I have for you is, first of all, are they turning brown from the end of the tip to the bottom of the tip, uh, to the bottom of the leaf? Or are they turning uh, br- the whole thing turning brown? Are they turning yellow first? Or is it brown spotting on the leaf? Describe what the leaf looks like and how it turns the brown. Leaf, okay, on, on the one that I'm looking at right now, it's it's on the corner, but on that one behind it, it looks like the whole back of it. Okay, because one thing that hibiscus can do, is this an older hibiscus or a newer hibiscus plant? Well, I, a friend gave it to me, so I don't really know. I, I know it's probably oh. 10 years old for sure. Okay. Because there's a few things. Um, hibiscus, when they go through their new leaf cycle in spring, they actually will get some brown leaf, brown um, spots on their leaves. And that's just a normal sign for hibiscus plants. They'll drop some of their old leaves and then they'll produce new ones. So trimming off those and then waiting for some new growth to come in. It could be a lack of sunlight for some of those leaves, especially if it's just on the bottom. How um, long have you had the plant for yourself? Um, probably a year and a half. Okay, so quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the size of pot that it's in, how big of a pot is it in? Um, it's in a pretty good size pot. Okay. Now, I, I, I transplanted it when I got it because I thought it was too small. Yeah, it probably was a little bit root bound. Now, they don't like to be root bound and they like to have good drainage on them. If we're fertilizing them, they actually don't like a lot of the salts that are in the, in the, in the um, fertilizer as well, too. So making sure that we leach the plant and the water comes right out the bottom of the container so that we don't have that extra fertilizer sitting in the bottom of the pot. It's going to cause fertilizer burn, which will burn the plant, too. So the, there's a few things overwatering will cause browning on the leaves not enough right. sunlight if you see spider mite which will st- start turning the leaves sort of a yellowish color and pitting in them and then mm-hmm. the other thing is just a leaf cycle or fertilizer burn so those are the things that you kind of want to look for with the hibiscus with the water you want to stick your finger into the soil about two inches down your index, and, index finger as far as you can right to the knuckles and uh and when it feels dry to the touch, that's when you should be watering it. The only time that you're watering it more is if you have it outside in a bright, sunny location um, and maybe uh, it's, it's, it's in full bloom and using a lot. But um, fertilize with that one. Maybe once every two weeks um, you can fertilize it, but make sure that you are letting the fertilizer leach out, which means that the, you should have a little tray underneath the pot and have some water come out into that tray every time you water. Oh, okay. 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 Thanks, Rona, for the call today. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Okay. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye.
one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Is that a, the kind of plant too that you would maybe want to use something organic that has less of those salts going on? Yes, definitely. With hibiscus, uh, is an organic fertilizer is the best because thing because you're for fertilizing it. more often because you're wanting those blooms and lots of growth, right? Right. Because right. new growth, you get the new blooms, and so otherwise, like Jill was saying, you get the buildup of salts. So unless you're leaching it every quite between your fertilizings right through the bottom of the pot because like i said you're not watering it until you if you feel moisture when you stick that index finger in all the way as far as your index finger fix, if you yeah. feel moisture you shouldn't water the tough part with the hibiscus is when they get to be a tree in yep. your yard in your you know your front living room and, wherever it is you know, six feet higher six feet high yeah. it's, it's it's big you it's know big. you better have a <laughs> a pl- a pot that does have a built-in tray or one underneath because yes. that's a big plant to be lifting up into the say the sink or something like that to try to leach it through leach it that's through. tough right yeah. and and not everybody has a pot like that either yeah. so mm-hmm. maybe you know in that case the organic but, stuff is going to prevent that salt from building for that up, right? size of a tree you would have an oversized tray, tray underneath yes it. right 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 so i don't know i've got what if they're just simply turning yellow if they're simply turning yellow it's um too and much falling water off. or not enough sunlight Yep. Those Too much water, not enough sunlight. Yeah. Yep. So wait till it's dry they, up to they the... They like to be in a south window right in the window. Yeah, yeah. And so. uh, like I've got... My, my, my mom's actually got one of these that she was given given to her. And it was kind of having some issues getting acclimatized. And it seems to be leveling out now. But there is the odd yellow leaf here and there. And we have to remember our daylight hours will affect that too. Just yes. like our trees drop their leaves in the wintertime, our houseplants will do the same thing when our light temp- light they, 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 And they'll grow new lights to adjust. So mm-hmm. in wintertime, they'll have a bigger leaf. The summertime, they'll have a smaller leaf. So it is normal, though, for a hibiscus to yeah. also drop leaves. Oh, absolutely. Oops. We actually defoliage um, hibiscus plants in the wintertime um, in the greenhouse when we're, we're holding them over the winter. Oh. We'll defoliage them. It keeps gets the pests off of them. We'll cut them back and let them put out all new leaves for the next season. So hibiscus is just like a tree outdoors. You, like if you prune a, a flowering sh- shrub, like a, hibis- a hydrangea or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. That when you prune it and get all that new growth, you'll have way more flowers. So don't be afraid to prune your hibiscus. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And now is the time of the year to do that as well. And yeah. I mean, it's nice to know that like, there are just some of those plants, indoor plants, that just drop yeah. their yeah. leaves. Yeah, right? weeping fig, hibiscus. Well, yeah, I was going to say, the fig The fig is one of those goofy ones with those little little yeah. leaves on the on a weeping fig yeah. that, man, you can just, the wind blows the wrong way. You sneeze in the other room and the thing drew, yeah. loses and leaves. And especially if you even move it inside the house, it'll change from that different spot you move it it'll drop leaves and put new leaves on for that they'll adapt to that area so about a third of their leaves they'll drop every year so that's something that people are saying oh i have a few leaves on the ground and i said well how many leaves is a few mm. and about a third of their leaves they will drop every year yep. so don't panic no nope. not at all 1-877-332-8255 for your call and your text as well mel in saskatoon on the text line says when do we prune rose bushes uh anytime now yeah, the only two roses you wouldn't if you have a Persian yellow rose or a Teresa Bugni rose. Those ones set their blooms last fall, so you do that after they finish blooming because Persian yellow bloom yellow flowers in June, for the month of June only. As soon as it finishes blooming, you prune it. Teresa Bugni blooms for about a month as well in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Pink flower, big double pink flowers. But the rest of them, your your Emily Cars, your Campfires, your your uh, Adelaide Hoodlesses, your all the Hope Freemanities, all those ones there, give them a good pruning. Now the snow's gone, except for down by Estevan. Sorry, you still got to wait till the snow goes down <laughs> below the plants. But uh, but otherwise, most around the province, you can go out there and because there's your yards are empty now, like most snow's gone, you mm-hmm. can give them a pruning pruning back at least one third to one half, 
and then start fertilizing about May the 10th, and you'll have way more blooms. There you go. Uh, 1-877-332-8255. This is from Joanne. She says, Rick, I've got an old Ketoniaster that we cut to the ground about 20 years ago. So a long time. Yep. Uh, but now it has dead branches coming through. What can be done? Just trim those dead branches out. Yeah. Yep. Now's the time. Well, you could also trim it right back it, down it, again, too, couldn't you? Could you trim it right back down, or maybe you don't have to trim it right back down. They were really trying to get the woodiness out of it. Yep. And if there's not only a few dead branches here and there, just trim them out, and then give them give the plant a good shaping right now. But you can trim it down, but if you may not, you know how long it took to get it to grow back up again when you cut it right to the ground. So you may want to cut it down to two feet up two feet above the ground yes. and let it come from there again. We had a hedge, right? a Ketoniaster hedge on the house I grew up in, in the Forest Grove neighborhood yep. in Saskatoon. And and I remember as a kid, it, it was getting to that point where it was so thick. ugly, woody, thick. thick yep. And it was tall. I mean, it was probably four and a half or five feet tall, one spot. Yep. And my dad would try to, to prune it back, yep. but you'd prune it a little bit, and then all you'd have left is sticks. Yes. Like, it, you'd almost prune the green right off of it. Yep. And then maybe the next year there would be some green, but it took... So eventually, I think we got, you know, advice, and it was just right back down. So yep. I think we left, you know, a foot, yep. down to a foot. Yep. And then it wasn't... Like, it was it was right back up yep. that same summer. It, it grew so fast. You have to fertilize it there again. Yep. Just fertilize it every three weeks, and with something like a 30-10-10, you watch that thing grow. You'll be trimming it in the summertime because you don't want these long branches growing yes. up again. Exactly. So you want to trim them as it grows so that you get it to thicken out and fill out nice. Exactly. So it, yep. really, it really was that same summer, yep. and if not that summer, the next one, that it was right back to looking really nice again. And then you trim it. If you only want it four feet high, you keep it that height. Exactly. You don't get bigger. Exactly. Yeah. So don't be afraid, right? That's the pruning. And, and trimming it right back is good for them anyways because uh, Cantoni Astro are known to get fire blight as well. And that comes from the, all the old wood that's in there. Mm-hmm. And so trimming it right back and getting that juvenile wood, uh, you'll have less chance of getting fire blight as well. We are going to get to Chris's text in Regina talking about uh, ants, I believe. Uh, this, we've got Lindsay from Saskatoon. Again, a deer question with trees. We're going to talk about that when we get back. And growing garlic. What to do with that? We're going to get to that text too. So stick around and we're going to have hour two coming up. So this isn't just the end of the show. We got another hour. So join the conversation. 1-877-332-8255. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Happy Easter, and welcome to Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas, Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke, of course the experts here, talking to you about uh, gardening stuff. We're excited it's Easter, and spring is just around the corner. Oh, we're hoping anyways. I know, moisture is a good thing for the people in, in, in the producer world, but uh, yeah, excited for, for some green to be coming our way. We've got more text to get to. You can join the conversation by one 332 8255 You can call or you can just text as well, like all these people have done. Chris, uh, Lindsay, Kelly, Brad and Dundurn, Penny and Bigger. We're going to get to all these texts. So we're going to start with Chris's text. And this is interesting. So uh, black ants galore on the front lawn all over the poplar trees from the base up. How do you get rid of a large ant infestation? This is Chris and Regina said, tried the dust bait traps. Yeah, that probably didn't do too much. Uh, they are thinning of the lawn already. Not uh, yet, but they want to want to get to them in the spring, you know, reseeding and, and getting the lawn sort of rejuvenated. So Chris is wondering kind of what to do. Well, number one is that the reason why they're up in the, in the poplar tree is because they're feeding on aphids. They're milking them. They're not feeding the, they're not eating the aphids. They're actually, they have a, they have a dairy farm up there. <laughs> 
So, so basically, so they Take latch all on the to, sugar out of them. They latch onto the back of the aphid. They don't eat it or take it away. They latch on the back of the aphid, and the aphid is sucking, and then they're grabbing the excretion that's coming out of the aphid, and they're taking that excretion down to the nest for food. Oh, okay. So, like I said, they're 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 farming. And uh, so you help you get rid of some of those, you know, by putting in some praying mantis or some ladybugs because it's such a big tree you can't. It's hard to spread. So do some of the some of the predators type of things you can put into the tree that will help. And then, but then also in the lawn, the best because all the chemicals are gone. Okay, that that took care of the ants and the yes, grass. They're, yeah, they're, the ones that go into the soil, they're gone. So the best one thing to do for there is use a, a what's what is another predator is basically as a nematode. So it's for ants. And it's called ant buster. Ant buster, or they call it ant, ant buster. It's yep. they, they it comes in a ball. It, I know, but they call it ant be gone now. They might have changed the name, but anyways, I call it ant buster. Comes in a little red ball, and then you you mix it in the water can, or you can actually put it into a special. They have a special um, uh, hose in sprayer because you can't use a regular hose in sprayer because this stuff will plug up in a regular sprayer. Mm, it's yep. a special sprayer, and then you just spray your lawn with it. But you have to water your lawn really heavy first because don't forget your your queen is down uh, either where the net where the eggs are or it could be down. You know, 12, 18 inches, right? You have to do a really good soak because the nematodes can only wiggle through moist soil. And what happens when you get ants and they make all their nests down there? What do they do to the soil? They aerate it. They aerate it and dry it out. Yes. Right? So they love that, right? So so if you if you have to soak those ant nests really well, right down deep, and this nematode will go down to the nest and then start eating the eggs. Right. The, 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 and they, they start reproducing down there and they just keep going. Then all of a sudden the queen says, because it doesn't touch the, the, the live ants, right? Yeah. All of a sudden the queen goes, okay, there's something going on here. I'm out of here. I'm moving my nest out of here. So they take off and go to the neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the birds will get them along the way, hopefully, you know, well, yeah, something not, like that. Not much. Uh, otherwise, you can also sprinkle diatomaceous earth. Okay, and that's like broken up seashells and gets into their into their joints like any other insects, and it basically they just dehydrate the insect. Takes them out. Yep. Now keeping your lawn healthy is also really important. He said that that's the first thing he wants to do is start getting his lawn going yep. again. So, so what are some things he can do to get his lawn so going? This first spring? of all, is 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 thatch it, you know, aerate it and thatch it, and then and then cut it down low and then reseed over top. Mm -hmm. uh, there's different products you can use to do grass seed. You can use Rescue 911. There's a whole bunch of ones that there's have coated grass seeds. Coated grass seeds. Right. There's one that have fertilizer and mulch in it and everything else. You have other things in it, right? And so if you can get that lawn to thicken out and then also, you know, the moisture level and you get the lawn, ants don't like a really thick grass. If you notice, the ants mostly are in a, in a, in a weaker lawn. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because there's lots of space. They can move around, that kind of stuff. So if you do all those things, um, you'll get your lawn back. And so, have a regular watering routine for your lawn, yep, too. Yep, it's really absolutely. important. So again, Chris, it's and, called... And that, and that poplar is sucking all the moisture out of the lawn as well. Right. Right? Because it's a big tree and it's sucking moisture. So you have to go more... You have to water more often and deeper. A deeper watering so that the roots don't come to the surface of the of the tree and they go down a bit more. Because if you water just at the surface, you water a little bit of your lawn, the roots will all come up to the surface of the poplar tree will come to the surface because that's where the moisture is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Chris, it's called either Ant Be Gone or yep. Ant Buster. Ant Buster, yep. And you're going to find a special sprayer to go with that. Yep. It's not a chemical, it's yep. a biological, and, and it works and, great. And you can put it in your, you can put it in your watering can too, but that's a lot more work. 
Usually one sphere will do about a thousand square feet. Mm, there you go. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. One more text we can squeeze in before the end of this hour. Hi, Rick and Jill, Lindsay in Saskatoon. The deer have cleared the bottom branches from these trees. Nothing came back last year. Will they come back ever? Or should I just trim those branches off? Also, last year I had some pillar birch trees that only got leaves three quarters of the way up. I'm assuming it's not enough water. Should I just trim the top off and can yep. I do with that now? So there's kind of two questions in here. Okay. If, if it's totally dead, you can trim them off now. If there's still some green up there, you have to trim them in July or August. That's when you prune, prune, prune birches. But if it's totally dead, just cut it, but don't cut it down into the green. Just cut okay. the dead wood off. And, uh, and it probably had some, I had a few that had winter kill on the, on the top. They came back again. Uh, but I, she probably sent some pictures with this. Uh, they don't, we don't see them on the text. Yeah, we, unfortunately, we can't sorry. See them. So, uh, you can always send those pictures to rick at dutchgrowers.com and then I can take a look at them there. Rick at dutchgrowers.com. We're going to get to her question about grapevines just after that. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, growing garlic. Pruning poplars with Braden Dundurn, uh, Clematis from Penny and Bigger, and lots more coming up. We're going to go to Shellbrooke and PA with some texts as well. So stick around. Hour number two is coming up of Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Happy Easter, spring has sprung, and welcome to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyke, and it is hour number two of this show. So there's still lots of time to get your calls in, get your texts in as well. We've got lots of texts to get to, and uh, we're we're happy to answer them here. So still lots of time, Rick. Let's before we just get to a text, let's talk about some of the other things you brought with you uh, on your the desk here in front of us. This is a cool product. It's called Organic Rage Plus. It's a plant fertilizer. Okay. Now, when you look at it, people think, oh, it's a zero, zero, six. It does nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. But it's, it's derived from, a, from a basically a, a, like a kelp type of stuff, you know? Like okay. A, like, and so this one here, I always say that this would be, if you've got a house plant, like some people called in today, they have a house plant that's in trouble. Yep. This would be like... Um, um, what rescue I would say, 911. Rescue 911, or, or let's say a Red Bull. You know, you're going <laughs> to, when you're studying, yes. you know, yeah. gives me that pick me upper. Yeah. Or, or the Jolt Cola. Remember the Jolt Colas used to be yeah, around? You know, yeah. Extra that's right. caffeine. Yeah, sure. That's what this is. This so plant. It's got seaweed in it, and that's seaweed. what it is. That, oh. That sort and of so helps this it. thing has a whole bunch of nutrients that are not necessarily as a higher, those numbers, but there's nutrients that basically help the plant to recover. Yes. It's called Rage Plus. So if you got a plant that's in trouble, this one works awesome. That's, that's so for the that magic hibiscus juice. plant that they were having trouble with, they could always add some of this to their fertilizer water, and that will help pick huh. that plant up. Okay. And then this one here, this is cool. This is called Ladybug Food. Okay. So we want to attract, we want to steal the ladybugs from our neighbor's place, right? <laughs> so, and so I'd come into my yard and take all the insects. So you put this food out and you can also put some homes out, but if you have mulch and that, ladybugs will live there too. But this food will help attract more ladybugs to your yard as well. Yeah. So you can build ladybug houses and actually put yep. the food in there and attract ladybugs. Why, why do we want ladybugs? Natural eat, predators for aphids they is eat the biggest aphids one. and other in, small little insects like, like crazy. That's all they do all day long. And then, if you ever see a ladybug, okay, the nymph stage looks like a little dragon. 
Like he looks totally different than a ladybug. Mm. Those ones eat even even eat more aphids than the adult ladybug does. But the thing with ladybugs is once they've eaten all the food, they'll move on to another location. So that's why you have to keep some food there to feed them so they'll stay in your yard so that when the aphids move back in, they're still there. This is the science of this these you know predator bugs. It's the same thing we're talking yep. about with the nematode little wire worms yep. that attack the ants in the soil. Or the prairie mantis, all those kind of right. things. We're getting away so, from chemicals. Like the whole world's getting away from chemicals, right? Right. So, um, but it, but you you use you have an infestation of one type of bug. Yep. You send another bug after it. Yep. But that that second bug, that predator bug, doesn't end up being an infestation. Yep. It takes care of the problem, then it moves on. Exactly. Right. So in a greenhouse environment, we actually have host plants that we want to keep the bad bugs on, so we can give food to the good bugs all the time. Right. So it's it's, it's that thing that I'm telling people that you don't necessarily want to eliminate all bugs. You want to keep them at bay so that they're not causing issues to your plants. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want the good bugs around. Exactly. Uh, so one type of news I want to just talk about right yeah, now okay. is that, okay, is that this is something that people maybe don't know about right now, but Regina City Council or administration is looking at an all-out chemical ban in Regina. That's in, in the process. Maybe people don't know about that right now. So in this show, you know, I always give people alternatives. Yes. Called integrated pest management, using biologicals, using other chemicals. As long as you use things safe, there's not not a problem with chemicals as long as they're used proper according to what you read the instructions. Sure. We have in this country a PMRA, a PMRA, a PMRA I'm trying to remember the numbers. Anyways, it's Health Canada. Okay. Regulates all the chemicals. Canada is the most regulated country in the world. For That's chemicals. why we've got, a lot of the chemicals are gone that were bad, you know, that really bad for you, right? Right. So now the other ones are... are they can be bad, but so can so can your go down to any store down to your household your drainos and yeah. clean, household cleaners, cleaners and everything sure. else. Yeah. If you don't read those instructions right, if you don't take your prescriptions properly mm-hmm. that you get from a pharmacist. And you dump them down the drain. Or no, no, you eat yeah. too many of them. Sure, yeah. Right? You use them improperly. They're not good for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, so they want to get rid of any any uh, herb chemicals like um, you know weed killers, all that kind of stuff that that for cosmetic reasons. Okay, so the only problem I worry about that we got rid of some that we have this bug coming. Okay, it's called the emerald ash borer. So that chemical's gone to kill that emerald ash borer. Now we can't use it. So that was our only line of defense for an emerald ash borer to to date. Now there might be some other beneficial insect that can take care of that later. So I worry about okay, we have a, a, a government that's the most regulated in the world that takes care of all that. It's called Health Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay, they regulate like crazy. Like there's we can't even have neem oil in, in Canada because the company won't do the research to it's prove it's not registered. It's not registered in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's registered in every other country in the world, but Canada doesn't let it in here, even though it's an organic product, because they won't do the tests in Canada. Okay. Boy, okay. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. That's how regulated they are. So I'm looking at okay. Um, they're saying all these chemicals are, are bad for you, and and they are if you don't use them properly. Like, right. Like I said, right. there's other chemicals. That's why I always say there's other options. So it's called integrated pest management. It's not nuking your yard ever. You'll never hear me talk about nuking your yard. Mm-hmm. I say you use if you're going to go spray, you spray that weed. You don't spray the whole yard. Right. Right. Whatever. Or or you can use um, corn gluten. Right mm-hmm. to prevent them. It's an organic product. There's things you can use. You can use hot water. You can use a, a a little dandelion fork. Sure. There's other ways you can get anything. Okay. So um, I'm saying I, I'm saying just be careful. 
about what you want because they've done this in Ontario and BC. And now everybody's complaining now that uh, there's dandelions everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's innovative. Now you can make soup out of, you can make, you can eat make <laughs> salad, 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 and dandelions. Salad I mean, you can use that, right? So, I mean, there's other uses for things, but I'm just saying, make sure that, you know, you're not making an emotional thing because once it's gone, it's gone. Uh, but so I'm saying there's people have choices. They don't have to use chemicals or they can use chemicals. And you also have to read a label of how to use a chemical. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're basically saying people don't know how to read. Right. So I'm going to take <laughs> yeah. it away from you. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a careful. I know that there's some chemicals. I'm glad they're gone. Like we had, you know, some, some other chemicals that Daz and on and those kind of things they are gone. That's good. They're gone. You know? Um, so uh, roundup is disappearing. This is the last year you're going to buy roundup. Oh my goodness. You're not going to be able to buy it after this year. Cause, because not because of all it's been so uh, changed. A lot of people say it's carcinogenic. Other scientists say it's not carcinogenic. Right. Right. So the company just decided itself that they're just having too many liability suits. So they're just taking it off the, not for farmers, but they're taking it off for the residential mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Gotcha. So I'm saying it's, it's all disappearing anyways. And there's other alternatives you can use, but I worry about those kind of things. So like I'm just saying, uh, you have choices and there is integrated pest management you can do. It's education. And that's why we do this show for, for education. So, um, so yeah, uh, just thought, let people know that it might be coming down. So, um, uh, in Regina where you won't be able to use, um, any of that kind of stuff in mm. your yard anymore. So, um, so Very just be, be prepared. You make the choice. Everybody has a choice. Yep. We have a democracy. So if you decide that, that's good. But everybody has to know what's happening. Exactly. Yep. Let's go to our phone lines right now. one 332 8255 We're going to talk to Paul, who is in Saskatoon right now. Hi, Paul. How are you? Morning. Happy Easter, everybody. You Happy too. Easter. Uh, uh, I don't understand that whole thing about dandelions. You know, I that's that's the bee's first food. Yep. And uh, I even eat the leaves. You can. And well, every cool. part of that dandelion you can eat. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, the question I got, I'm getting ready to do a transplant into six-inch pots here. Yep. And what are you transplanting? Uh, oh, I've got like 140 plants. Tomatoes, peppers, kale. So garden vegetables. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I, should I use like a Dr. Scholl's or something like that, uh, in, you know, to boost the root? If you are using a root-boosting fertilizer, you just want to do one shot with that. So just water it once with root-boosting fertilizer. Usually you'll see a high middle number. Yep. And um, also the root-boosters have a, basically a rooting hormone in it, like yep. it's an acid type of thing, which helps promote more root growth as well. So just do one application of that, um, and usually you want to do that when your when your first or second set of leaves are your second set of leaves you see on your transplants, and then after that switch to just your regular fertilizer that you're going to be using throughout the season. Yeah, I'm just using alfalfa. Perfect. Yeah, alfalfa tea is perfect yeah, for, that's awesome. for those veggies, especially yeah. if you're watering more often. Then you're not building up salts with the alfalfa pellet tea, right? Yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Paul. Happy yeah. gardening. Yep, thanks. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to go to a text here from Lindsay in Corman so Park. I want to make one last little comment uh, what he was talking about just last oh, Paul, Paul, right? Sure, yeah. So he's talking for about sure. dandelions. Absolutely. They're the first ones for bees. And there's other ways of getting rid of dandelions. So if you overseed your lawn and get your lawn thicker, dandelions won't live in there. That's right. They only live in lawns that are not as full. So there's ways you can people can not have dandelions by not using any chemical, just by overseeding and keeping your lawn nice and thick. 
fertilizing properly, all those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I always plant some flowering plants into my um, into my garden. So like some calendula, which is an edible yep. um, edible flower. You mm. can plant those in there. Um, some sunflowers. So some yep. pollinators that um, sort of help pollinate your yep. garden as well. Lindsay in Corbin Park says, what should I know about grapevines? We bought a property west of the city. So that's west of Saskatoon. Yep. We have grapevines growing, but the trellis they were growing on is falling over and the vines are all over the place. Yep. And they're, they're on the ground now. Do I cut them back? Yep, absolutely. Right now. Okay, right now. Cut them back right now. You, they, if you ever go to Kelowna or anywhere else and see the vineyards, you live in the... the Oh, where the grapevines are for the wine, I mean, sure, yeah. They have big stumps on, like the stumps are like three to four inches thick, and they prune them down to about four feet off the ground, right? Okay. And then they let them. They have the they have the wires all down, and then they let them grow back, and then have the grapes on the new growth again, right? Right there, you go. So yeah, you can trim that down right down to like three or four feet off the ground. Yep. And trim it down to smaller. Then and, you fix your trellis, and you pin the pin the few that are there back up, yep. and it'll go from there. Where you go. Excellent. Do okay. Right now, right now, as soon as possible. There you go, Lindsay. We're going to get back to lots of text when we get back to this after just one quick break. We've got lots of text to get to. 1 877 332 I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. We're into hour number two of Garden Talk today. And happy Easter to everybody who is listening this morning. Thanks for joining us. We've got a uh, text to get to, but as always, when a call shows up, that's where we go to. So waiting in Hendon, Saskatchewan is Morris. Good morning, Morris. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, Good how are you? I was listening this morning, and you had a, a 911 uh Something you put in fertilizer to smarten up house plants? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's called organic organic rage R A G E plus. Rage. Yeah, R A G E. It's made by the company out of out of Winnipeg. It's called Dirt and Grow, and another name for it is Evolve. But uh, it is, it, like I said, it's made from seaweed and that kind of stuff, and it really is a booster for plants that are in trouble. So what do you do? Just mix it in water? Mix it with water. Pour it on the plants. There's great instructions on it and how to use it, and it works awesome. Okay. okay. Perfect. Happy Easter. Happy you Easter. too, Morris. Take yep. care. one 877 Okay, this one is a text from Kelly in Redverse. Tips for growing garlic in the spring. Is it possible? What are the best options for spring-planted garlic? Or should I just give up and wait till fall? <laughs> no, you can plant spring or fall garlic. Absolutely. So you can plant it now. Absolutely. You can well, get the dirt. As soon as the ground is warm enough, yeah. to, garlic can go in pretty early into the ground, as long as you don't overwater it, right, and rot the bulb before it gets growing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's because normally you can put it planted in the fall as well, right? Sure. And some people are actually starting transplants. So starting it inside the house, put it in a six-inch pot, and then transplant it yep. outside later. And then you have sort of an early start to the season. Yeah, exactly. Can I still prune? poplars brad wants to know who's absolutely. absolutely prune them as quick as you can poplars are pretty tough i mean but yeah right now they're still dormant give them a pruning whatever you want um uh yeah absolutely this is a uh, text from Penny, who's in Bigger. When should I trim back my clematis? Ooh, that's a good one. Now, clematis, you have to know the variety of clematis that you have. If not, then we look at the time that it blooms. So there's three different types. Group one is blooming on the old wood. Group two is blooming on the old and new wood. And group three is blooming on the new wood only. So there's three different groups that it blooms. Oh, boy. But a general rule of thumb with the clematis is they all can be 
give them a hard prune prune um, in the late winter. So February through March. So now would be a good time to just give them a hard prune. Um, if you have one that blooms off the new wood only, then you can, it means they're going to continually bloom throughout the season. So you want to be pruning them throughout the season to get them to continually to bloom mm, as well. Too. Okay. Like the Jackmanai is the big purple blooms. They yes. bloom on new wood. Okay. Where you get the Rosie O'Grady, the, uh, the bluebird, the tanganata, those ones bloom on old wood, but the flowers aren't quite as big, but they, but you still need to prune those ones as well, just to get them to, you know, it's new fresh wood to bloom on new, new. But even more so with that is how you plant them. So you want to make sure you plant them. You plant something around the base that's going to sort of shade the root yep. system of the mm. plant. Hot top, cool roots. Cool roots is what they yep. like. And then when you put them on the trellis, put them on the trellis so they sort of fan up the trellis with the branches, and that will give enough airflow so you can actually do the proper pruning, pruning throughout the season too. Cool. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Rick, Sarah, pardon me. This is asking Rick, but it's from Dave and Prince Albert. Rick, what can we do about onion maggots? We tried putting ashes into rows and it didn't really help. There used to be a powder a person can get. What can we do? The best thing to do is use a crop cover. So okay. what happens is that blanket. right now their larva stage, which is a basically a little cocoon in the ground, right? And so then what will happen is that they'll, they'll come out of the ground and land on something yellow. We talked about dandelions. That's around yellow. In this. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they wait for you to plant your onion and wait for it just to pop out of the ground. And then they'll go, as soon as that onion pops out of the ground, they'll go lay their eggs on that plant. And then that larva goes down, which is a little maggot, will go down to the bulb and then drill into the bulb. Okay, so if you put a crop cover over top of them, you have to bury the sides so they can't get underneath, and you have to plant in a different location so they don't come out of the soil underneath the where, where they cover, were last year, right? So you put that crop cover top, and then you keep and you have little sticks up there, or you can have little hoops to hold it off the ground so the plant can grow up a bit. And then after a few weeks later, then they're going to go find somewhere else to go lay their eggs. Yes. Okay, because they want to lay the eggs, and then you can take it off. And otherwise, you can also use uh, um, if you if they work earlier. So there's a nematode out there as well that uh, that you can use for. Um, it's called grub buster. Uh, that will go after a lot of the cutworms and those kind of stuff. And sometimes they'll grab the onion maggots before they get into the into the bulb. You know. But the best way is the crop cover. And the crop cover is great, too, because it's light enough. You can weigh down the sides of it, like Rick said, but it will let the light through as well. So it works as and a water, frost. moisture. And moisture, too. So yep. it will act as a frost blanket, yep. um, but also as a crop cover. And you can do the same thing with your cabbages later on in the season keep to the keep the butterflies off. Yep. Of so you can use it even for the fall to, to finish off your crop later on for the, for the late frost. So it can be used at different times in the year. That's yeah. what's so nice about it. Right, and then exactly. I take it and put it on my annual plants in the fall so that I can pro along my annual containers. Your containers. Yeah. So Dave and PA, get yourself crop cover. It's a light kind of white fabric. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's hoops that go with it sometimes. You can get those yep. to keep it propped up so it doesn't collapse on top of the, the plants you're yep. growing. That's going to be your solution for a lot of this stuff. Yep. Very cool. We're going to go to, we've got time, I think, here for a quick call. we got two minutes. We're going on a swift current right now and talk to Denise. Hi, Denise. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Happy Easter. Great. Happy Easter to you, too. I have a quick question. My lawn grass is looking a little thatchy, if you understand what I'm meaning. Yep. Should I take a machine to remove plugs of grass, yep. or would it be better to do a thorough raking? Throw both. Throw okay. raking first and then air rate, especially if okay. you have higher traffic areas where it's packed. Okay, right. it'll, it'll loosen up the soil, and then you can also do a to- like a like a rescue nine one one, or you can put another grass seed over top of it. There's a bunch of different things you can put on your lawn to help thicken it up. 
And then the okay. groundskeeper fertilizer is perfect. Yeah, actually, groundskeeper fertilizer. I'm just getting so many, many things that people that are telling me that that they're, they're, if you want to get rid of weeds in your lawn, use a groundskeeper because the, fa- the the sulfur in it will help bring lower the pH so the plants get new, 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 more nutrients. Spit it out, Rick. <laughs> and then, and then uh, your plants will, your grass will fill in way better too. Plus, the iron in it will make it nice and deep nice green. Nice deep green. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a great okay. day. Bye bye. You too. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So we're going to talk uh, text when we get back here uh, from who? Patty and Van Scoy, uh, The ground. We're talking about ground wasps. Apparently that's a thing. Yep, that's right. uh, Carol in Saskatoon talking about a blue spruce. We're going to talk to go to Regina Beach and talk to Ted on the text line, and then a few more after that. So we're going to get through all these texts when we get back. I'm Jay Thomas of Jill and Rick Van Dyke. Time for a news update on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. If you are just joining us, well, happy Easter to you. And thank you for, for getting on the show with us and joining us. You can always text us and call us at one 332 8255 Rick has brought a few things with him onto the desk here. There's two more items I think we've got to talk about, yeah. right? Well, yeah, this one here is is basically from that Dirt and Grow company. We talked about that Rage Plus. This is another co- product because everybody asked me, what do I fertilize my... My grapes, like they talked about their grapes growing and, yeah. and strawberries and raspberries and apple trees. Because if you give your fruit trees too much nitrogen, yep, they will tend to not produce as much fruit. Nitrogen is that first number first in number. your Right, because the idea behind fruit, even though we enjoy eating it, is to reproduce the plant because it's maybe a little stressed or it thinks it has to reproduce. But when it's too satisfied, it doesn't really need to reproduce. So this one one here, this is... um, this is here it has the same technology as Rage has in it, and this is called organic fruit and berry plant fertilizer. Well, there you go. So it has a one fifteen five. It contains sulfur and calcium, so the sulfur helps the plant lower the pH, so the plant can take up nutrients better. Mm-hmm. And you don't, especially if you got yellow leaves on your apple tree, it's chlorotic. We call you know it's lacking iron. Yep. Okay. So a lot of that the iron's in the soil, but it can't get it because it's locked up because it's too moist or high pH. Okay. So this helps lower that. And it also has calcium, which helps the health of a plant. Like we talked about tomatoes even. Yes. They, they always need calcium, calcium right? Calcium and that kind of stuff. So that's what this is a great one. It has all the other nutrients that, that you use. So it's a great one. It's, it's called again, uh, Dirt and Grow Evolve Orden Organic Fruit and Berry Plant Fertilizer. Let's talk about calcium for a quick second, yep. just as it came into my mind. Crushing up like uh, old, uh, uh, absolutely works, but it won't give enough. You I'm, so talking much egg shell. I'm talking about eggshells. Talking about eggshells. Yes, and they works. break down so slowly so, that it's not going to be enough for the season. So but, adding, but still calcium. do it. Okay, so don't stop give, doing it. It'll give long-term calcium. Okay, but not your not your instant calcium. Great right. thing to add to your compost bin, um, okay. so that yep. you're you're building up some calcium in yep. your compost. Exactly. Okay, so it's not the quick fix, but it is a long term yep. okay to do. But also, okay. crushed up seashells do another thing in the yard. They help stop slugs and those kind of things as well because mm-hmm. they're sharp, right? So there's other reasons why you would put eggshells. So they're good for the garden. Okay, perfect. Vanskoy, we're going to Vanskoy right now on the text line. Patty asks. With the lawn and the grass, we bought our house just last October. The front yard is severely neglected with almost no grass, yep. lots of thistles and weeds. What can we do to have a lovely green front yard? Yeah, so just 
just what you want to do is rake it down, get rid of the thatch. Okay, that's there. Redo a good thatching. Yep. So get rid of that old thatch underneath. And sometimes that yard won't have very much of it. It's very sparse. And then when you want to take a, take some screen topsoil, put just a thin layer, maybe half an inch to an inch of topsoil over top of that grass, and then reseed over top of it. The old grass will come through it because you mowed it right, almost scalped it. Right yep. first, before you do this, put the little thin layer of soil over top of it, reseed over top of it, you'll have the best lawn in the block. And then when you're fertilizing, you wait for that that lawn to come up before you fertilize, or do you put the fertilizer you could at the actually, same Actually, if you time? use something like groundskeeper or a seed starting fertilizer, you can do it at the same time as you seed. Okay. Okay. There you go. Now, if it's so bad that it's just simply a few weeds, no lawn, and just some dirt, yep. so then you might want to. You might want to rotor till it up. And, and start and just re, and reseed it. Well, you could seed or you could sod it, right? Or you could saw it over top of it. Right. Yeah. That might be sometimes yeah. the sometimes option. Sometimes it's so hard, so yeah. you may have to still aerate it then, right? Right. To get some oxygen, you know, because it's just so packed and so hard, you're not going to be able to do anything. So if you have some grass left, you can revive it with the grass yep. seed method. If it's down to just nothing, it's, it's yep. d- demolished, you know, yep. you may have to... Go from the beginning. You may have to go from the beginning. Right. And then you give it a chance, even at the edges or against the grass, you know it's like two inch, two or three, one or two or three inches higher than the sidewalk. Yeah. Then you can grade everything so it's now, you know, you not have one wheel on the, on the, on the, on the, on the sidewalk and, the you're scal- and you're scalping the lawn, <laughs> the grass all the way along, right? Yeah. Now, exactly. Jay, before we go to the next text line, yep. it's Easter today and there's so many people getting Easter plants and some of the Easter plants we're getting are hydrangeas and Easter lilies. Yeah. Just, can I go over a little bit of Let's care for Let's do that. Those? Yeah. So Easter lilies are a white lily and you can actually prune out, um, the, um, the, the pollinator in the middle of it, the antennas, and they will, because then you don't get it all over your clothes and everybody goes to smell and they have orange all over yeah. their face. Yeah, it will actually last longer too. And they will make it last longer, a little bit longer for the blooms. But after it's finished blooming, you let the plant die back down into the bulb and that's really important. Don't cut it off at the base and you can plant it out in your garden. You can actually reuse the bulb year after year. Oh, okay. So you have to bring some, it up in the fall. You have to dig it up in the fall. That variety of the easterly that you see in the stores is not a hardy variety. So it is one that you have to bring inside. A lot of people don't know that. They assume that it's one of the hardy Asiatics or Orientals. Yep. So yep. that's something here in Saskatchewan. That one's not hardy. The other one is the beautiful hydrangeas, which are the white, the pink, the purple, blue. and yep. blue, blue. Yep. colors that you see in the store. And one thing that we're doing in the garden centers right now is we're checking those things one, two, three times a day. I watered the hydrangeas a couple, almost twice yesterday. So They're in such a small pot, and they're that, that way so that we can ship them easily from our mm-hmm. growers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good to pot them up into a bigger size pot if you want the longevity of those blooms it's really important yes the other thing is is putting them away from that bright window so bright indirect light will help them last a little bit longer okay yeah okay um usually you'll have a nice pot cover or they're set into a pot without holes in them after you water them it will fill up with water so it's important you empty the excess water there too because they'll wilt if they're dry but they'll also wilt Wilt if they're too wet wet. right so picking up the plant and going by weight is sometimes better than um maybe uh just sort of feeling your plant too i also find that sometimes if they're in a cooler setting, like some of the greenhouses get quite cool at night, we'll stick our finger in the soil and we'll say, oh, it's it's cool. That means it's wet. It actually might just be um, that the fact that it's just cool soil. So filling it by weight will tell you a little bit about that. But making sure that you keep those hydrated because otherwise those flowers will start to wilt on you. Okay, too. so hydration for a hydrangea is pretty important. Very, 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 very important. important. So those, those, that's, one, dry. that's one of those plants, though, that you can almost count on watering yep. more often. And, we and, talk about always checking the soil, yep. but you can count on off watering it often. And that's a house plant uh, hydrangeas. You can put it outside for the summertime, right? but it has to come inside for the wintertime because it won't survive outside in Saskatchewan. Outside in a 
north okay. or east. There location. is hardy hydrangeas. Yes. Those are different. Yes. Okay. How about uh, aluminum sulfate? Aluminum sulfate is what you use to make them turn that blue color. Right. So if they're wanting to make it stay that blue color year after year, it has enough probably in the soil to sustain it for this season. Okay. But if they're wanting it to turn blue next season, they'll want to use yep. that. Okay, perfect. one 332 8255 This is just one random text. Didn't know who it's from, but just says, I'd never heard of ground wasps till last year. Ground wasps are a thing, right? There are um, gr- uh, down in the nursery. We used to come out a lot quite often. They just had, didn't have that nest up in the tree. There were some of them in the ground. So that that wasp nest, though, that fake one. Uh, sometimes it won't because that's different because they're not worried about the, those kind of wasps. Sometimes in the ground, um, you either just live with it, or you have to get rid of it. And there are so, there are underground wasp products. Not there really. Were, there you, were. You, you put wasp catchers and those kind of things okay. out. Okay. But there's not much to put. There's nothing to put in the soil anymore. Can I mean, I some exterminators. Some exterminators have those kind of products, but they're not available retail. Okay. I couldn't use one of those bags and have it be territorial that way. With not with ground wasps, wasps. I don't animals. think it would work that good because that they're they're established there. They're you know they're nests. You know they're gone. They're gone somewhere mm-hmm. else. They have to come back. Those ground wasps. They probably hibernated right in the ground, right where they were. Can you drown them out? You could drown can you them. Flood out? it out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's yep. one tactic, yep. right? Yep. Is just like the hose, yep. basically. But just remember, Lots of water. Just remember they are pollinators too, even though we don't like them. <laughs> I mean, they are pollinators too, so that's that's one thing you just have to remember. Go pollinate okay. somewhere else is what I okay. say. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, they're still, they still know, do the right thing. I know, want, you're, so. I know what you're saying. Yep. Carol in Saskatoon with another text. Good morning. We've got a blue spruce in our front yard planted 20 years ago. It's about 25 feet tall. Can we top... And prune this tree. What type of tree was it again? Sorry, it's a blue spruce. You can, you can top it. It's it's you, you can. I've I've seen someone cut a, a spruce. I, my spruce and my, my other acreage, the the uh, porcupine just about ate every needle off of it, and it's coming back beautifully right now. <laughs> but it's so, going to split if they top it, right? On well, it'll top. it'll get a new. It'll want to get new leaders. Okay. Okay. So you need to do it when it's dormant. So either do it now or you do it in August. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And how much can you? Tr- Take off the top. You can of it. take quite a bit, half the tree. Yeah, but you got to remember, sometimes it'll die down a little bit farther than when you cut. So you have to trim it again later on. You mm. might have to trim it down later on. Okay. But yeah, you can do that. I've I've seen someone cut drastic and go, whoa, that's pretty drastic, and the tree looks after it took quite a few years again, but it did come back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a funny text. Ted from Regina Beach. I asked you in the fall what the problem was with my trees because all the leaves fell off and I had to uh, take them. My mom told me that if I spun around and tapped my head 10 times, the leaves would come back. <laughs> I'm doing it every day, but nothing has happened. You're getting some good exercise there. They say gardening what, is what the best What type of plant is it you say? I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to read what that what the plant is. But I, So Ted, text us back in Regina Beach. What is what has lost its leaves? We we missed. We don't know, how, know what plant you're talking about. So yeah. text us back. Respond to that. That's pretty funny for us. <laughs> um, Avery in Regina says, hey, Rick, two questions. When should I plant my potatoes? Potatoes. Yep. So when should they go in? Yep. And when the ground is warm enough, basically your temperature should be, you know, in around the ten degrees, you know, around there. Okay. So then you can plant them. They can plant them earlier than other plant other things out there, but they can't. They'll rot if it's too cold. Okay. Okay. The past few years, I've waited until the end of May, but the plant still had a lot of small potatoes. Yeah. No, you can go earlier than that. Okay. Just think about your spireas and other shrubs around your yard. As soon as they start budding out and leafing out, that means the ground is usually warm enough that the roots are providing nutrients to the, the bud. Then you could plant out. Uh, Avery also says, uh, 
Do you have any pointers about using cow manure in the garden? We've got lots of it around, but I've never put it on the garden before. Don't, don't put too much where you're going to put your ground crops. Okay, you don't want to put fresh manure. Not for, it has for to be aged. Okay, and then don't put a lot where your potatoes are. Okay, and or your carrots. carrots and all of anything that's in the ground. Yeah, don't put radishes, a ton of it yeah. there. Because potatoes, you'll, if you put a lot of co- like manure in there, you'll get potato scab. Okay. Okay. So if you, so put less there, but all your places where you got beans and corn and anything that grows above the ground, you know, like all your your pumpkins and your your cucumbers, all that kind of stuff, you can put more there. Okay. So. Okay. But it has to be not. Has to be aged. Aged, in. yes. Yeah. A little bit broken down. Yeah. Okay. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get through the rest of these texts when we get back. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Thanks for joining us in Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Okay, we've got a lightning round of texts coming up because it's the last segment of our show. Two-hour special, and happy Easter to everybody who's joining us. We're going to go right now to Prince Albert and talk to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning and happy Easter. You too. Happy Easter. I've got a large uh, area, well, four feet wide by about 20 feet long, between two houses that does not get very much sunlight. Yep. Rather than planting something in the dirt, I was thinking of putting some large garden pots out yep. and wanted to know if uh, there's anything you'd recommend that I could grow, not necessarily flowers, but uh, some sort of plants or whatever, uh, something that would grow with limited sunlight. Yeah, there's a few annuals that you could do. Um, if there's not a lot of sunlight there, you could do a lot of the different ivies. Um, you could go into the shade section of your basket stuffer department and impatience with flowers, with begonias, flowers. begonias, begonias. You could put potato vine in there. There's river daisies. If there's not enough, a lot of sunlight, you could do fuchsia. Uh, not a lot of wind. Sorry, you could do fuchsias in there. Um, coleus is a great one that does well in not a lot of sun and it has lots of bright colors and gives you some height in the center of the container. So when you're building your container, you want to have three stages. So your thriller, your filler, and then something that spills over the edge. So you can sort of do a combination of three different things in those pots and have a great mix. How about some perennials that they could put there too? Yeah, if you wanted to put some perennials in pots, remember perennials in the ground, have to be in dug the into the ground later yep. on. But you could do some hostas, you could do some astilbies, um, ferns. Ferns you could do in the pots. Uh, yep. You could um, even Go- do some lily of the valley, goats, um, goat's beard, goat's beard um, lamium. Um, if you want to contain it in there, if you could contain it, you could put uh, lily of the valley or, or goutweed, mm-hmm. snow in the summer, and oh. and that will just spread and cover that whole area completely. But you have to. You have to put barriers because it just wants to keep going. It won't stop there, right? If it's a shady but dry area, you can even do a blue fescue if you want to as well. Wow, lots and lots of options. Mm. Yep. Okay, great to hear. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Yep. You too. 1-877-332-8255 one 8255 is the text line we're going to right now. This is uh, Bernie, because we've got the text, we've got the lightning round right now. We're going to get everything answered as much as we can. Bernie in Saskatoon, happy Easter. Brandon Cedars planted eight of them in September. Oops. Again, uh, against a brown fence, amended the soil when we Oops. planted. Whoops. Looking shabby now. Yeah, How to green up like for the spring. A brown fence the... on a brown fence now. Yeah, no, yeah. but yeah, pr- plant them in the spring. Planting cedars in the fall doesn't work. Okay. I'm surprised you even found them in the fall, but I mean, sometimes the garden centers have some left, but anyways, um, you can plant them there, but then you need to, in the fall, you need to put a screen around them. And if we bought it at our place and we didn't tell you that, sorry, but we have a warranty on them still, okay? So yep. you'll have a warranty on them. Uh, but uh, otherwise, yeah, 
put the put the mics in around them. I always say plant with mics for two reasons. It makes the root system take off like crazy, but also you get a five-year guarantee if you buy them at a garden center that has that program with the mic. And mic is a mycorrhizal it, sort of bacteria. It's a bacteria. It makes the roots go like crazy. So, Bernie, if they're looking terrible now, they're probably not going to come back if they're really, if they're really, really awful. Bad. You can get them to come back using 30, 10, 10 every three weeks, May 10th until July the 15th. Uh, and you can get them to come back. Don't overwater them, but keep them moist. Okay. Uh, Judy in Saskatoon, I bought a lime bush in late August. It is growing, but only one stem. Should we leave this stem on to grow or should we trim it back? How do we get other stems to take off? Yeah, I would cut it back probably about a third on your lime tree and then make sure you're giving it lots of fertilizer. Um, there's a citrus fertilizer that you can purchase and also a foliar spray that you can um, spray on it too that will fertilize the Now, if the you can't foliage. find a citrus fertilizer, get some aluminum sulfate. And every time you're going to fertilize, take a two-finger or three-finger pinch like you would do in a recipe mm-hmm. and put it on top of the soil, too, because a lot of our waters are high in pH, yep. and they do not like that. So you need to lower the pH of the soil, so you do that with some aluminum sulfate. But Perfect. most citrus plants in the winter will drop all their leaves and look really ugly in the wintertime, so that's normal. Um, they're going to start leafing out right away. Okay. This is Karen, who is uh, around, I think, Regina, right now at least traveling anyways. Do worms have destroyed my lawn? On, almost breaking a leg mowing. How do I get rid of them? Uh, put a water put a water feature like a bird bath or fount little fountain or something where the birds can can bird, attra- feed, bird feeder. Well, not bird. Not bird feed feeder. Them, I guess it's, it's the robins. Robins don't go after bird feeders, right? Okay. They need they like water and they'll nest if you got some shrubs or trees around and you have water. Okay. They will nest in your yard. Those guys are are they're just workaholics. They just go after after those kind of dewworms and any kind of worms like crazy. So uh, do that. Otherwise, water your lawn really heavy. They don't like being in, in really wet and moister lawn. And uh, but th- but the robins is the key. Okay. Because there's no insect, there's no predator insect that get them, and there's no chemical to get them. Okay, all right. You know, if we missed your text, we'll, we'll text you back for sure when we get off the air here in just a second. Yep. But that is two hours gone by just like that. Can you believe that it? That was fast. That's so fast. <laughs> happy Easter, everybody. Yeah, happy Easter from my family to yours, yes. obviously. And, uh, hey, enjoy the weather out there and all the good stuff to come, right? It's a little bit early for a lot of things out there yet, but because but that's just because the way the weather is cooler right now, right. but it's coming real quick, everybody. So you can see Stop everybody. Stop in a garden center nearby you and get inspired yeah, right now. Yeah, there's garden centers and greenhouses in every town or the next town over. I mean, just get inspired. There's just, yeah, it's just fun. There's not a lot of green out there yet, but when you go into those garden centers, it feels yep. pretty spring-like. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day and enjoy your long week. What's left of your long weekend? We'll catch you next weekend with another two-hour special of Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.